Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to episode three of the Hot Takes podcast. Today, I'm joined with Reese Webb. Say what's up, Reese. How y'all doing? Been a minute since I've been on. Glad to glad to be back. Yep, it's been a minute since we've dropped an episode, so we are back with episode three. And today, we are going to talk about some NBA. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, we're going to talk about the current rankings, some standings, who we think is going to dominate in the playoffs when it comes time. And we're going to talk about the NBA Top 75 list that SportsCenter decided to drop on us, or ESPN decided to drop. And we're going to take a look into that. We're going to tell you what we think about the rankings and who should move. And it should be a good episode, should be a lot of fun, so let's get into it. To get things started, me and Reese are going to pick uh, two teams uh, sitting in the playoff spots right now that we think should make a run, that are looking good right now. Or maybe that are uh, underperforming right now and we think are going to turn it up. Um, I'm going to get us started real quick. I know this is the most obvious pick, but the Phoenix Suns in the West, they are dominant right now. 52-13, and 13, won 7 of their last 10. Highest point differential in the league, best record in the league. Chris Paul's not even playing every game and it seems like it doesn't even matter. They are the f- one of the few teams that uh, have had hurt pieces, missing pieces, and it seems not to affect them. We saw them in the playoffs last year. They're probably due for another another finals run. Uh, what do you think about the Suns, Reese? Uh, I really like the Suns this year. I mean, uh, as you said, Chris Paul hasn't been playing a lot, and Devin Booker's been out as well. So he's coming back on Wednesday, and I really think that they will be able to continue dominating the way that they have. I mean, leading the leading the West by a pretty good margin. I mean, <clears throat> they're eight games ahead of the second seed. Grizzlies, though, they're they're looking really nice. John Morant been playing out of his mind and really becoming a household name this year. So in the West, you like the Grizzlies sitting at that three spot. I do. I do like the Grizzlies coming in, and I think that they'll make some make some noise in the playoffs. I think that they're still they're still a pretty pretty young team i mean jaw's still in his what like fourth year in the league or something i think he's in his third yeah and he's just tearing it up yeah third third year in the league and he is playing like a like a seasoned guard and has the has that athletic athletic ability and just that scoring ability as well and i think that he will just be able to he'll be able to help lead him lead him in a good direction for the uh for the rest of the time so it comes playoff time and the the grizzlies land this two seed we'll say how far are they making it? Because they'll have an easy round one, uh, looking at either the Timberwolves or maybe the Clippers, depending how the playing tournament goes. But when they get into that second round, they're going to have to face Golden State or the Nugs in the second round? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of that was one thing that I was going to say about, especially like a first-round matchup with the T-Wolves is, don't count, don't count your T wolves out either, Gav. Like I, I don't think that that's a that that's a bad matchup. Seeing them with the Grizzlies, given it that they're both still a pretty a fairly like young team, not the most veteran leadership that they could have. I mean, Cat's Cat's been there a minute. low he been a he been a man, but I do think that the Timberwolves could make some noise if they are having something with the Grizzlies. So I wouldn't necessarily put them immediately into the second round, regarding whoever they uh, whoever they draw for that first round. But once it gets to be Warriors or yeah, I mean, if they have to play the Warriors, I don't think that it's gonna be it's gonna be good for the Grizz. I mean, they'll just be in top Warrior form by then. Clay will have the rest of the season to kind of find his groove and 
he'll hopefully uh, show out in the playoffs like he normally fucking does. So we had a long conversation last night about where we think Clay Thompson is today. So we'll we'll touch on that later, and we'll get back to the Golden State Warriors. So I am going to count the Timberwolves out if they did match up with the Grizzlies. Yes, they're 8-2 and two of their last 10. Yes, they're hot. And hasn't even been healthy, and they're winning. Like, what more could we ask for? But I think we are still a season or two out before we uh, make our deep playoff run. And when we make this run, I want it to be something something deep. Like, I don't just want to make it to the first round three years in a row. Be like, oh, we're we're a playoff team now. But you want you want a ship in a couple of years. I I don't even necessarily need the ship. But I want to prove that we are a Western Conference Finals contender and that we are no easy team in the playoffs. That uh, you don't want to match up with us. Yeah, I mean, because even for this season for the Timberwolves, I mean, they're exceeding a lot of expectations, I would I would think. I mean, Ant's playing out of his mind, and I think that nobody really thought that Ant would come in making as much noise as he did in the league, and he has proven that he's going to be one of the greats one day. And so I think that once they get him back and stuff, and he's got a couple more years under his belt, I think that it's not really too far off. I mean, cattle, I cattle need to put up – consistent numbers and D'Lo I love D'Lo <laughs> I love D'Lo he's awesome and we'll see what that takes him yeah D'Lo's fun to watch Cat is arguably the best offensive center in the game right now true he doesn't bring the defense that Jokic and Embiid has but that's why Mr. he's got Mr. help three point champ? we got yes sir the <laughs> three point champion indeed we brought in Pat Bev for a reason like we knew we struggled on defense so we got Mr. 94 feet Jaden McDaniels will be a household name within the next few years. He has put up 12 points or more through the last two months. He's had had an offensive role. Ant's been hurt. Someone's needed to score the ball. And J-Mac has taken it into his hands, and he's gotten himself some buckets. Now, going back to that starting lineup for the Timberwolves, Jared Vanderbilt is another defensive piece that Helps Cat for uh, his lack of defense. And Ant, Ant gets lazy out there, we all know. But D'Lo, Vandy, and Mr. 94 Feet, inclu- and then uh, McDaniels himself, are all helping out Cat uh, and uh, Ant. And this Timberwolves team is definitely looking dangerous. So we've, we've, we've sat in the west side for a minute. I think the Suns are the clear favorite. So let's uh, hop over to the East. Um, I'm going to start us off with my underdog pick. And I like the Atlanta Hawks. They're sitting at the 10 seed right now, two games under. But they are the only team in the NBA besides the San Antonio Spurs to have a positive plus-minus record or point differential while having a losing record. And that's kind of crazy to think about. Like, they're 31-33, and 33, but they've scored more points than their opponents have all season. And I think that record is going to start changing for the for the better for the Hawks here. Um, I think they'll end up in the playing tournament. Hopefully, they don't have to play to uh, Brooklyn. Maybe they can play the Raptors or the Hornets. Get a get in and give the one seed a good run. I don't think the Miami Heat is sweeping anybody in this Eastern Conference, but I, I do like the Hawks. So I wish think on that. I. I can see the Hawks making a making a making a push, and I'd like to see it. I mean, they're also uh, they're a very fun team to watch. But as you said about how the Heat's not really going to be sweeping any teams during during their run if they make one, that's totally true. I mean, there's it's kind of 
the same Eastern Conference. I mean, it's getting a lot more fun to watch, though. I can say the this East year, is stacking I've been, up for yes, sure. I think that they're definitely getting they're getting players and places that makes it a lot more fun to watch, and I've really enjoyed that. And I've especially with the uh, with the Harden and Ben Simmons news and all that. I mean, once once Ben Simmons gets out of gets back out onto the court and he's healthy and stuff. I really hope that he can reinvent himself maybe just after all the slander that he's gotten after all the slander that he's gotten in uh Philly. I think that a new spot was definitely uh, worth him going to and hopefully it'll turn out. I really like to see him uh, do well. You said Harden to Philly? Uh yeah, well, I was talking about uh Simmons to Oh, Simmons to the Nets. Yeah, I I, I like Simmons to the Nets and reinventing yes, himself we're there. Gonna, we're Harden, gonna Harden see been him. around the league. He <laughs> he done re- reinvented himself. We're going to see Simmons uh how how he does here. Um he hasn't played a game yet and nope. the Nets <laughs> the Nets are 4 and 6 over the last 10. They don't even have a positive point differential. And they're sitting at the eighth seed. I I think they're all right. I think this team kind of came into the season saying, you know what, the regular season's gonna suck. We're gonna deal with injuries. Kyrie's barely gonna play. Um, they probably didn't foresee this James Harden trade happening, but KD's gonna have to come back. Ben's gonna have to play, and I think this team will be ready come playoff time. Um, any other team in the East you like really like here? Uh. I was going to say something. I was going to mention the Bulls, but I really don't think they got what it's ta- I don't think that they got what it takes to really make it deep into the deep into the playoffs this season. I really don't. Yeah, the Bulls don't got a a deep bench. They they got their stars, but uh going into the season, I had them getting the 6 seed in the East. So, I'm not going to say I knew they'd be a good team or be a playoff team. I had them losing in the first round, and uh, they're sitting against the Celtics at the four and five seed right now. And if it came to it, I would definitely take the Bulls in that series. Taking Bulls over Celtics? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant the Celtics over the Bulls. Okay. Though the way the Celtics have played defense in the last month is something like that came out of nowhere. It's not even like Marcus Smart's energy. Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, one of them took charge, and they said. Guys, we're not winning games, so let's play some defense. And it's kind of reset this team. They were barely over 500, and now they're 12 games over, climbing in the polls, probably trying to get that two or three seed. Uh, they probably won't catch Miami, but I can see them catching Milwaukee easily. They've had a pretty good last 10-game stretch. Yeah, uh, eight and two over the last 10, that's that's pretty nice, especially when you look at the Bulls, who are a seat ahead of them, five and five. They have a four-point better score differential than the Bulls, but it does seem like the Bulls are hitting a game winner every every other night from DeMar. Maybe, maybe DeMar's just keeping them afloat. Maybe that'll go to the playoffs. Maybe they're a fluke regular season team like the Toronto Raptors have always been with DeMar. But it's almost too early to tell with this Bulls team. Yeah, and DeMar's just been having having that year that he needed, I guess, to – after he left the Raptors, he did, wasn't making too much noise in the league. But now that he's on the Bulls and he's had this outstanding season, it's fun to watch. And uh, I don't know. Okay, I'll throw this in here. Speaking of DeMar, I actually have him in my MVP race because of how well he's playing. He had 35-plus points through well, at least nine games, I saw for sure. Uh, it could be higher than that. But I got Jokic at one. Um, I don't think he's going to lead the Nugs far into the playoffs. That team just doesn't have any help. Jamal Murray's still out. MPJ's hurt. 
they just traded Bol Bol away because he couldn't f- stay on the court. Um, number two, I'll probably have to go with Giannis. I think he's slightly more dominant than Embiid. Um, they got one more win, but they played two more games. And then Embiid at the three. Um, he's been killing it this year. Now he's teamed up with James Harden, who might bring himself back into this MVP conversation soon, the way he has been playing. Um, number four, I'm going to have to go with Luka. Uh, Luka has been on a tear, an unexpected tear. We knew he was a top 10 player in the league, but we didn't know he would take a Mavs team with no offense and say, let's play defensively and then just give me the ball and we're going to score. And like, that's exactly what they've done. And it's been effective. So he's got to be in the MVP conversation for me. And then number five, I got DeMar, who has uh, been Mr. Consistent for the Bulls, shooting over 50% from the field this year, which is just insane. Luca's just having an, another incredible season. Very fun to watch. I mean, almost a average in a triple double with nine rebounds, eight assists, and 28 points a game. Just absolutely doing it all for the Mavs. And with a 40 and 25 record, where, where what, are, what are they in the West right now? They're playing. The Mavs are the five seed in the West, and they are a half game back from the Jazz. They're playing great basketball, and if they can continue to continue to play this way, especially Luca, because as we know, he's done good in the playoffs once he makes it there and I think that this year especially with how they've been playing as you said they've been a great defensive team and they're just playing a lot better all-around basketball than I've seen Dallas play in a minute yeah the Mavs the Bucks and the Timberwolves are all tied on a five-game win streak so they're the three hottest teams in the league right now obviously the Suns are up there but they lost one a couple nights ago so with that being said we are gonna in this uh, little portion with uh, some some bets, uh, me and Reese are going to come back with uh, three of our favorite picks for Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, all those before we enter the top 75 section. We'll be right back. All right, I got one pick for us on Wednesday, and uh, Reese has got us with a nice little parlay cooked up. But on Wednesday... Virginia Tech, ACC Tournament Basketball. Clemson has got to play them. Vegas has given Vautech five points. So that, mean you, so that means the money line is going to be uh, real real nice and close. Might as well take Virginia Tech. I think it's the freest game tonight, and the odds are the odds are definitely there. What you got for us, Reese? I cooked up a little three-legger today. I'm kind of dipping into some UEFA Champions League soccer right now, and I got... PSG over Real Madrid today with a plus 165. It's uh, pretty even right now. Nothing nothing really. I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but I do enjoy I do enjoy betting on some soccer every once in a while. And then I also got Man City over Sporting in the Champions League. It's a round of 16 matchups, I believe. And yes, then sir. we got Chicago Bulls over Detroit tonight at negative 250. I like that all parlay together. I think City is uh, definitely going to win that one. Now, that PSG matchup is definitely a toss-up. Real Madrid is looking real nice. But I don't I don't mind it at all. I can see that first leg ending in a tie. They'll have to play twice. But uh, PSG needs to get a lead before they have to travel to Real Madrid for uh, the leg two. So those three together are looking uh, very nice. I like what you uh, cooked up for us. Um, for my Thursday night pick, 
We're going to head over to the Big Ten. Indiana versus Michigan. Michigan's kind of got something to play for with uh, what happened to their coach. I don't think they're a definite March Madness team right now. So if they want in, they're going to have to ball out in this Big Ten tournament. And you know they want in, so they are going to have to ball out. I think Michigan easily takes it over Indiana on Thursday. And to wrap up on Friday, I like the Clippers losing in Atlanta against the Hawks. I think the Hawks are going to pull that one out and go on the little run that I've been uh, kind of hype, hyping them up for. I think they will go on a run. I think this is where it starts. Clippers are a good playoff team traveling to Atlanta. They need to prove that they can win that one. And uh, that's all we got for uh, sports bets today. So we're going to head over to the second part of this uh, podcast, and we're going to talk about the NBA 75 list. And when I first checked this list, I had so many complaints. This list is terrible. I know it's hard to judge players in different generations, but I'm tired of the old heads saying some dude who averaged 15 points in the 70s is better than about anybody in today's era. Like, because it's not true. You put Fred Van Fleet in the 60s, and he's Michael Jordan in people's eyes. Like, that's just how it happens. The game's evolved. People need to understand the game's evolved. Um, I heard a take the other day that, oh, Jordan is better than LeBron at mid-ranges because he practiced uh, mid-ranges more, and if he grew up in our era, he'd be a better three-point shooter than LeBron. And LeBron's only a better three-point shooter because of the, the time he grew up in. So who's saying if you put Braun in the 80s that he doesn't master the mid-range and has a better mid-range than Mike? He would have practiced the mid-range more because that's what the game uh, was developed for, the mid-range. He couldn't double-team. So Braun wouldn't have practiced threes as much. And now we're having a whole different conversation. And can we also talk about how LeBron literally came into the league in 03? The game hasn't been a three-point dominated sport since, like, what? I mean. Yeah, the game the game really didn't become three-point dominant until about that 2000. I'll say that Dirk 2010 team kind of sparked it. And with, Terry and all them. Yeah, those, they were, yeah, they they were splashing. splashing. <laughs> yeah, they were. That, that 2008 Celtics team also. This uh, made it where threes were definitely more appealing when you got Paul Pierce and Ray Allen spotting up for you. But LeBron definitely didn't grow up in an era where three-point was something that you were concerned about, and that like that translates into what you saw, especially from his high school tapes. I mean, LeBron wasn't shooting the ball in high school. Granted, he was ten times better athlete than everybody else on the court, but he wasn't, he wasn't shooting a lot back then. His first couple of years in the league, I mean, he was still – doing what he did whenever he was young, young, and just pretty much bullying everybody and still being able to be an explosive player and get into the rim anytime he wanted to. So, yeah, my point through all this is players can change through all the eras, but don't you put some dude in the 1970s who didn't play defense, average 15, anywhere in the top 30 all time. Like, I don't want to see that. And then the disrespect to current-day MVPs is also ridiculous. Having Russell Westbrook, who has won an MVP, at, what, they have him 60? And there's 35 players above him who've never won the MVP award? Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Westbrook, 68. They had him at 68, and he is a triple-double all-time leader and has an MVP. That's that's something I don't understand either is how 
somebody could put Big O above him whenever Russell did everything Big O did to a, a, to the ceiling. Like in a he, way harder era. Yes. Big O was not getting guarded like how Russell Westbrook was being guarded in 2016. People always like to bring up stat pad and stat pad, but you're still good enough to be able to stat pad. It's the NBA. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. So, yeah, being a stat padder is – it's not even like something to hate on because you physically can go out there and get whatever stat you want in the hardest league. That should be something that is praised, not criticized. All right, let's get in straight into this list because there are a lot of things we had to change. So first off, we're going to start with the one number one debate. Obviously, ESPN had MJ at one, LeBron two, Kareem three. And when I read my remade my list, I this is the probably the hardest part was picking out my number one. And uh, I know this sounds like a cop out, but I did a one A and one B because the goat debate is so split. So I'm gonna put LeBron as my one A because he is my goat. But I didn't want to take away from MJ being other people's goat, so I put him at one B. So they are neck and neck, but I do think LeBron's better. So I'm gonna start with that. Kareem does not move at three. And these are, besides the order, the only thing ESPN got right was the one, two, and three. Who do you think should uh, hold that number one spot, Riso? I'm definitely a LeBron guy. Grew up a LeBron fan. I mean, as you said, we've watched him play. We've been able to see him dominate and do what he did whenever he was 20 years old now in the NBA whenever he's, what, 36 right now? Yeah, I think he's 37. 37, 36, something around there. And he's just one of the most consistent players of all time. I would say the because he has came in. Whenever he came into the league, he was putting up numbers, and he's still doing it today. It's still a very kind of youthful grace to him. He doesn't look like he's aged at all out there. Like a fine wine. (laughs) All right, so everyone's heard enough of the one, two, and three. Now, this is where I can't take it anymore. Bill Russell, they had Bill Russell at number five. They had Magic at number four. Magic Johnson is getting so overrated right now. It is ridiculous. Man averaged 18 points for his career. Yes, he is the greatest point guard of all time. But top four all time in what? He barely had a a 12-year career in the league. And... We're putting him this high. It's, it's just utterly ridiculous. Um, I do have him top 10, but number four is a joke. So we slid up Shaq seven spots to this number four spot. And I can't think of anyone who deserves that number four spot more than Shaq. I totally agree. I love Shaq. I'm big on the... I'm big on him being one of the best centers of all time. He's definitely the most overpowering force. I mean, he got anything he wanted to and you can see why i mean he was 7-3 and 300 pounds close to it he's a he's a massive being that the league never really saw before it was always kind of taller dudes but they were always a little scrawnier nobody had much beef to him and then Shaq came to the league and i mean early in his career he was still a very he was very lean and had a real athletic build but i mean once he once he kind of got to the lakers and get, aged a little bit he started putting on some weight but that the athleticism never went anywhere and it just kind of, it almost helped him a little bit, I would say. And one thing that I always felt interesting with Shaq, though, is that he never won a rebounding title. That is something that's uh, a little surprising, but the way he uh, dominated the paint, 
um, teams would try to get him outside the paint on defense so he couldn't get rebounds because when he was in the paint, he was blocking all the shots. So teams schemed up how to get Shaq out of the paint, and that did hurt his rebounding stats. But if you watch Shaq play, he didn't care about the rebound as much, and uh, that, that might have a little hurt to his name. Some other centers are definitely better rebounders than him. But when it comes to straight dominance on both ends of the court, Shaq is definitely the second in that conversation when you talk about both ends right behind MJ. And I think that's what puts him at number four. He's a better defender than Bird. He did more on defense than uh, Magic. And there's no reason he shouldn't be top five in anyone's list. I mean, average is 28 and 29 most of his career. That I mean, what more needs to be said? All right, so we'll move on to number five, and this where it gets a little a little tough, but I'm gonna make an argument for my number five and my number eight because that's gonna be the where the mix-ups are. So I got Tim Duncan at number five, and I'm gonna compare him with Kobe at number eight, and that's a three three split spot, like three away, but they both had five titles. So like that's this is where I'm going at. They both had five rings, and they they about played through the same uh, decades, right? Or they drafted around the same time. Who are we talking about? Uh, Tim Duncan and Kobe. I think Tim I was think drafted a year later. That's what I think. I think Kobe was what ninety six. Like yeah, Kobe was ninety six, and, and then Duncan was ninety seven. Because Tim Duncan came into the league though, and was him and David Robinson teamed up immediately and started playing well together. So this is where I have Tim Duncan over Kobe, and why. He is a two-time NBA MVP. People are putting Kobe in the GOAT talk when he could only win the award one time. If Kobe really was this all-time legend, where are his MVPs? There, there are none. He has one. Yes, he has some finals MVPs, but Shaq took some from him. He, he didn't win finals MVP every time he went. Um... Neither did Tim Duncan, right? Uh, he's only a three-time final MVP. But that two, two MVPs, the 15-time All-NBA. Come on, Tim Duncan was in the hardest hardest years to win rings. He won five. The tough 2000s, he had to go against Braun. He had to beat Dirk, go through the Lakers. Um, played Detroit, played young LeBron on the Cavs. I'm quick. I'm definitely quick to say that most all of those Spurs championships that they won were hard fought and just great basketball being played. Like but, they were going to win because they wanted to win. So he won one ring with David Robinson, and so so that's a another top thirty player all time. So we'll give him that. But four more rings without anyone in the NBA top seventy five. Very impressive. Very impressive. Tim Duncan's got to be in your top five. All right, so number six, uh, we, we put Bird. I put him over Magic because I look in, uh, if you dropped them both in today's league, who's going to be more dominant? Um, I think Bird is. Um, the shooting's there. The offense is there. Bird is a way better defender than people give him credit for. Uh, who, who do you think's better, Magic or Bird? I'm, I'm a Larry Bird guy. Didn't Obviously not growing up in, in the era that he was playing, but out of the guys that were – considered legends for being the older generation he's one dude that i would love to go back and always watch his highlight tape larry bird did things on the court that was insane to watch as a as a little kid i mean he was 
playing games with his left hand only, and then just his behind-the-back passes that I would see were just crazy, and he could just – he always seemed to out-athlete guys in the most kind of sneaky ways. He wasn't he wasn't a fast guy, but he was quick. I always like to think that there's a difference between that. Like, he can definitely got around his defenders, but open court, I wouldn't say that he was ever too much of a threat, but – yeah, um, he he definitely was a threat at all times. Um, he would s- s- tell his opponents, "Hey, I'm going to the elbow, and I'm drilling this th- or midi on you," and he would go and do it. That's some legendary stuff right there. That's some stuff you don't hear Bill Russell doing. That's some stuff Magic wasn't doing, and uh, I think Bird takes that spot over uh, Magic, Kobe, and uh, Bill pretty easily. So we got Bird at six, Magic at seven. Uh, Kobe, uh, ESPN had at number 10, which is kind of crazy to me. We are going to put Kobe at number eight, five rings, one MVP, top three scorer of all time. Um, not much to be said there. And his defense is just criminally underrated. Man could guard KD and was one, uh, one of the few who could. Um, number nine, we're going to bump up Hakeem four spots to... Uh, that number nine spot, ESPN has him at 13. And uh, this is where we have some drop-offs from where ESPN had him. We moved Wilt from number five to number 10. Um, yes, he is all over the history books. But Mans didn't have a jumper. He was averaging an absurd amount of attempts per game. There was no center besides Bill Russell who was checking this man. He could go off any night he wanted. And legendary Bill Russell was still getting served 30 and 26 a night by Will. Like, you got to have him above Bill. He was cooking him. Yes, Bill won more rings. But Bill won 10 rings with eight teams in the league. That's like a 12.5% chance every year. In today's league, it's automatically a 3% chance. So you're, the odds are just, were just stacked in his favor. All right, so we got KD at 10. Um, I want you to talk about 11 and 12 real quick. I mean, so we got Wilt at 10. So we got Wilt at 10, and then we got KD. KD was 12 in the ESPN rankings, bumped him up one. But we bumped really him up one to move Curry up four spots to put him at 12. And we think that they definitely just are kind of too much of similar players in the way that they play the game. Obviously, very, very different stature, but both revolutionizing kind of the three-point three point shot for this new age of guys that could – that could be quick off the dribble. It wasn't just catching the ball and shooting it. It wasn't all catch and shoot for these guys. They know how to they know how to create space and really get open and use their moves and stuff. So they they're they're pioneers of the game. I think for the kids and me, I think that KD is has been and always will be top three player in the league whenever he's playing and healthy. And I love I really like KD. Screwed us over with the Thunder, but that's whatever. He had to go get his. Um. KD and Curry will both probably end their careers in the top 10, but uh, it's still a little early, so we're going to just hold them right outside. Finally, we're placing Bill Russell. We have him at 13. The amount of people that have him in the top 10 just kind of confuses me. You have this dude with all the accolades who could rebound and he could play defense. We have a glorified Dennis Rodman in our top five. It's a are, great way to put it. Are we kidding? Yes, he's a winner, but we're talking about top 75 greatest basketball players of all time, and we're putting a winner 
dash rebounder in our top 10. Again, eight teams in the league. I am, will not change my mind that Bill Russell is not top 10. And each time I check this list, I want to move him down more. But at some point, you do got to respect the rings. They just aren't enough to get him in the top 10. Okay. So we got Oscar at 14, dropping him down five. ESPN had him in the top 10. I think that's crazy. Dr. J only moves down one spot for us. We have him at 15. Uh, we got the Malones at 16, 17. Moses being 16. Carl being 17. Uh, we moved up Carl six spots. He is the, uh, well, not anymore, but he was the second highest career point scorer of all time. Um, but now LeBron's passed him. But to have him at 23 just seems a little low for how much he's done for the game. Yes, he couldn't win. He did get chipped over by the by the Lakers one year. Should have had a ring, but um, it was just him in Stockton in Utah. So I, I ain't gonna bash him too much for not winning a ring. Uh, you got anything to say about that? Uh, thirteen through seventeen spots. Not really much about the the Milan brothers or that that area. All those guys, I think, could definitely be honestly interchangeable. You think? Uh, Dr. J right behind Oscar's fair. Any argument there? Well, I'm talking about like new school guys. We we think you think we should uh, have some new new school players above them. I or? think that, not necessarily above, but I definitely think that they should maybe get the treatment of some of the guys. I mean, Carl Malone, I definitely think deserves to be up there, and Moses Malone was a beast, but they were definitely playing. I mean, Dr. J didn't even play in the NBA for a lot of his career. Yes, he was an ABA legend. Um, it is a little unfortunate that. All of his stats aren't attributed to the NBA, but he was a, a game changer for sure. He was the first high flyer that uh, made the game more fun to watch. A lot and more fast. I mean, that was really the the purpose of the of the ABA. Yes, it? sir. It was to it was all entertainment. That's what mm-hmm. NBA is. It's entertainment, and he was putting up his thirty while making it flashy. Uh, Maybe in five to ten years, Dr. J won't be as high on this list, but as for now, we'll leave him at 15. All right, now we're getting into some current-day legends. Uh, we have Dirk at 18, ESPN him at 17. I am very happy with that. Love Dirk in the top 20. He deserves to be he there. definitely won that ring all. Just just him. He was the uh, He's the only player in the top 75 that was on that roster. Um, and, yes, he, he did it when the back uh, his back was against the wall. Went through some legends to get that ring. Definitely well-deserved. All right, 19, we have the two-time MVP, one-time finals MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, only dropping one spot from when ESPN had him. To ESPN, already having this dude at 18 was crazy to me, but it probably was their most accurate rating of anyone on this entire list. Um, I barely had... Nobody move except Isaiah Thomas at 27, and I didn't think ESPN would uh, give Giannis the love, but uh, he's definitely on his way to be a top 15 player of all time. What is he like 27, and he's already got two MVPs. Like, and his his dominance of like the paint and just being oh yeah being able to control his half of the court is up there with Shaq. I mean, especially whenever he he got his ship, it was. He was doing everything that he wanted to. His averages were skyrocket through the roof just because he was getting everything that he wanted to in the paint. And I think that that's very well attributed to his dominance and his his stature. I mean, he's true seven footer and he's lean, but yet 
still got mass on him so he can throw his weight around and I don't know he's I love watching Giannis play and I've I've been on him ever since he came into the league because he was definitely one of those dudes who we thought would be different and definitely be a standout player someday and he kind of doing better than I thought he would obviously but he's been an amazing player yeah for him to come out of Euro and uh, nobody had to have a ceiling or a floor on the guy and within three years become an MVP caliber player is just kind of crazy all the props go to him. Uh, well deserved. And rounding up our top twenty, got another power forward. We got KG moving up one spot. ESPN had him at twenty-one. I like him at twenty. Um, and there's no one under him that would could be made for an argument to be above him. So that rounds up our top twenty. We're just gonna start skipping around uh, a few numbers, uh, some more popular players, and uh, where we had him moved. Um, so first off, I'm going to go to spot 22. Uh, we put Dwayne Wade there, up eight spots from our ESPN and had him at 30. Um, that 2008 Finals MVP he won, I'm sorry, uh, 2006 Finals MVP he won against the Mavs in his third year in the league was probably the most impressive Finals MVP we've seen um, in the last 20, 22 years. Um, so Dwayne Wade definitely deserves that number 22 spot. We dropped Elgin down to 24. Um, we moved AI up to 25. The AI slander's gotta go. Honestly, if he was 6'6", he'd be in the top 10. He was, he's barely 6 foot, and he was the best scorer. Him and Kobe were the best two scorers of that era. And you, so you gotta have him up there. Dwayne Wade definitely is kind of an underrated player all time, if I would say. I think that he he had a great impact on the game and he was very athletic and played the game well, very entertaining. Another guy, another guy that added to that entertainment aspect. Um yeah, Dwayne's a legend, AI at 25 legend. Um I moved up Chris Paul to 26, um up 3 spots. He's the point point god and uh he deserves a little more respect. Um we dropped John Stockton down to 29. Um just 5 spots. Um, his uh, all-time stats kind of have him skewed a little high for me, but uh, nothing nothing crazy. We just moved him down a little bit. Um, Kawhi's up to 30. I thought uh, that was very well-deserved. Um, up three spots. And now we have our craziest move, uh, our two craziest movements in the uh, list. Russell Westbrook was at 68, and we have him at 34. Yes, right now, if you're watching him on the Lakers, you are questioning how this dude is top 100 all time. But if you were there when Russ was balling out from 2015 to 2018, you know this dude is a top 35 NBA basketball player, deserves to be this 34 spot. And I'm kind of confused why ESPN had him at 68. I am as well. I think that Russell Westbrook, especially his, his days with the Thunder, his days with the Thunder were insane i mean mr triple double is needless nothing else really to say i mean the way he was playing back then was incredible yeah he, he'll he be a legend when uh his time comes to an end and then we got james harden moving up from spot 50 to spot 31 for him to be in the top 10 scoring debate an mvp candidate and to have a hundred percent playoff appearance for his career he deserves to be almost top 30. I got him 31. He's, he'll be top 30 one day. 
and uh, definitely a legend for sure. Imagine never missing the playoff. He, just every year, you know James Harden's going to find his way there. You know that there's a chance if you were playing. Nothing uh, teams wouldn't do to have that man on their team, and uh, I think the 76ers made a really good decision grabbing him. Um, and then my biggest fall off is going to be Reggie Miller from uh, 51 uh, down to 66. 51 was definitely a high for a man who's not – not even the best three-point shooter, but that was also the only thing he did. He was clutch, no rings, no finals appearances, but uh, man knew how to put the ball in the hole. So 66 is a little good spot for him. And I just wanna, I just wanna speak on a couple of the people. 70 to 76. Dave Bing, Dolph Shays, and Bill Sharman. Yes, those are actual people. Most people probably would never hear about them. That's why I don't think that they deserve to be on the list at all. Yes, there are definitely some names. I will take everyone besides Dennis Rodman and Billy Cunningham. And below they can they can go should, off. Should they can get off the here. list. Uh, should not be agreed. On here. Uh, we need some Kyrie in here. Uh, Clay's arguable. Draymond's arguable. Um, I so definitely will put Kyrie and Clay both above. Bill Sharman. Yes, the in either of them could have made the seventy to seventy six. And then uh I was, I wanted to see some O four Pistons on the squad. Uh they want a ring and uh no love to a single player. They are the only championship team in history to not have a player in the top seventy five. I think that's a little a little harsh to my boy Chauncey Billups. Um with uh this episode coming to an end. Uh, we did just receive some breaking news that, uh, Carson, Carson Wentz is actually being, uh, not here. He's not being signed in the NFL. No one wants him back. So he is signing to the commanders. Bro, the Washington commanders. (laughs) I thought my boy meant a USFL team. I forgot they were called the commanders. That's funny. All right. That was a mistake there. Obviously, the Commanders are an NFL team. Just such a stupid name um, <laughs> that I forgot they were a team. He, I literally thought he was talking about the a, U, a USFL team uh, when he said the Commanders. But uh, I guess that's a good pickup for them. Um, can't say as much better than who they had. But uh, yeah, Heineke. Heineke. <laughs> Heineke versus Carson Wentz, battle of the preseason. <laughs> Write it down, because that will be a huge determining factor for if the Redskins get last in the <laughs> East. Uh, they do got to compete with the Giants though, so not the easiest task losing the worst division in football. But uh, definitely, definitely something to keep an eye on too. And with that being said, best of luck to Carson Wentz. Thank you for tuning in to episode three. Shout out my boy Reese for coming to this episode about time. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll we'll have some more episodes coming out uh, sometime next week. Uh, sorry, we're going to take spring break off, actually. So uh, two weeks from now, we will be back. We are going to go live it up in uh, Miramar. And, uh, yes, sir. If you, hey, if you all see me, don't be scared to uh, come say what's up in uh, Florida. And uh, that'll be all. Deuces.